You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Scott. Brian, we just admitted to each other that neither of us was really in the mood to talk about <laughs> sports today. Right. Neither of us wants to do this today. So we'll get that out of the way. We'll let the audience know we don't like you today. <laughs> We're not interested in entertaining you and your needs. Your need for sports knowledge and entertainment is irritating to us today. Right. But here we are, pulling, pushing the boulder back up the hill. For the for fans. For the fans. The oh, true believers. And let me just say, a lot of podcast hosts will will tell you that, you know, they're trying to overcome some sort of adversity to give the fans something. Or they say they do it for the fans. I just kind of want to be upfront and say, I neither do this nor <laughs> I do this neither for the fans. Right. Nor do I plan to overcome adversity today. Right. I don't I do this purely for my own ego and vanity. <laughs> <laughs> and Correct. Stubborn belief that I have something to say. Um, and it's like, you know, every talk show where they say, hey, we got a great show for you today. It's like, we don't. We don't have a great show for you today. <laughs> right. <laughs> we have nothing prepared. We're not even in the mood to do the show. Right. But we're going to do it anyway. We're going to see what happens. They have some very lukewarm takes for you. And uh, Brian has frozen. So, oh, here he is. <laughs> what a perfect start. I know. It truly is. But you know what? If we promise our fans anything, it's radical transparency. I'm being right. radically transparent with you right now. I am not in the mood. I don't know why either. I haven't had a particularly bad day. Nothing has happened. No. In fact, my week is off to a great start. My children are back in school full time. And it's been like, oh, just a revelation. I mean, it's like the real working from home. You know, like I can do work. <laughs> I can like do my job, you know, and no one's screaming in the other room. There's no fighting. There's no like power ranger training going on no screaming and yelling i'm just a, i'm in my house doing my job oh glorious and well, yet somehow i'm still exhausted still ornery not in the mood for, yeah for this i i'm in the same boat too my 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 daughter's school is not back full-time necessarily but uh they went from like having three different groups to two so that they could go in more often because I guess they changed it from six feet to three feet. So same. I I haven't had Haley out of the house two days in a row in over a year. Wow. And uh wow. and it's happened. But right, I'm somehow in a worse mood today. I don't right. I don't I don't know. I'm not happy about it. Right. <laughs> Do we miss our children? No, that's definitely not no, I don't. Uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> don't ever suggest that again. <laughs> no, but I mean, it is nice though that that Hoboken cares about science because obviously, if you're not, if schools in your town are not open full time, it's because the school, the teachers' unions, and the elected officials in your in your area care nothing about science at all. Right. <laughs> and it's just these greedy teachers 
getting with their get rich quick remote schemes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hondas all the way. <laughs> and they're wind shields. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you guys are cooking up. Yep. We've been after it. We've been after it. Actually, so I'm, I'm already uh, calling an audible here because we had kind of discussed before the show we were going to do the Knicks first and then we we're going to kind of get to the draft. But I do have some draft. My my take on the draft is a little pandemic-y. So okay. I would like to kind of address it here because uh, Giants had a pretty good draft. They did. They did a good job. They did the right things. Dave Gettleman traded back. It seemed to make sense to trade back. It's it's possible we found a couple diamonds in the rough in in the second and third rounds. A lot of exciting, a lot of exciting thing, a lot of things to be excited about regarding the Giants draft. And yet, I have found that Giants Twitter, and not just Giants Twitter, but also the Giants beat, where I, I feel like the narrative is like, if you're not happy with this Giants draft, if you're not optimistic about what how the Giants did things, I don't know what it is you want. I don't know. You know, what What are you What are you looking for? And it's just like, okay, yes, I just admitted they did a good job. They objectively did a good job, I think. We don't know for a fact that they did a good job because it really feels like we rolled the dice with our first-round pick. And, you know, there's a reason that the guys we got in the second and third rounds are second and third rounders who are, we're hoping, diamonds in the rough. And sort of just like... This idea that Dave Gettleman traded back, so therefore we must all now trust him completely and think that he's right. doing a great job, is to me, it's just a lot like these people who are like, well, now that you've gotten a vaccine, I don't understand why you're not, you know, sucking on a subway pole right now. <laughs> like... And if you're not, it's because you don't care about the science. And it's just like, like, I, I don't know. I count me as one of the people who's not just willing to just lock, stock, and barrel forget the last year and two months of my life as though it never happened. And it might take me a little bit to yeah, yeah. reemerge into the world. And it's the same thing. I'm happy that Dave Gettleman traded back more than once i think that's really great does that mean that now all of a sudden he went from being an absolutely terrible gm to how could i possibly doubt him that's also ridiculous <laughs> yeah that's so true right it's like what what else like are you still not happy it's like yes no right I'm still unhappy they've been terrible for like 10 years now and by the way they put in some fancy light fixtures, maybe, but this all might be built on a foundation of sand. You know, like, yes. at the end of the day, if we go out there this year and Daniel Jones stinks, like nothing's going to matter. It doesn't matter how good Tony is or Galladay or Saquon Barkley or any of it. Daniel Jones might not be any good. And like they wisely traded back or they could have just picked Justin Fields and maybe we're all like a lot more excited about everything the Giants are doing, you know? So yeah. Yeah. It doesn't erase all the missteps, all the misfortune. Like it's not like, 
oh, the Giants are smart now, and we can trust that they are good, and they are headed in the right direction. I don't know. Maybe. Right. Maybe. That's a big maybe. I mean, first of all, let's talk about our, our first round bit, our first round pick, Kadarius Tony, a.k.a. Young Joker, uh, <laughs> which I believe is his rap name. It is. Like, okay. I, I mean, look, I, I've seen his highlights. They look awesome. I really do love the way this guy runs. He runs angry. Yeah. Like, I do think that that's pretty great. At the same time, I feel like him in Jason Garrett's offense would be like if someone just gave me a Maserati. Like, that doesn't help me. I don't know how to drive stick. That's like a sports car. I can't maintain a sports car. I have nowhere to park it. I, I don't, you know, those things need a lot of upkeep. Like, I'm not equipped for such a piece of machinery. Right. And Jason Garrett, what have you ever seen from Jason Garrett that lets us think like, oh, he knows what to do with a weapon like that? Right. Also, I I had never heard of him until the moment right. the Giants selected him. And then I'm supposed to be immediately thrilled. At, you know, and look, I guess it's good. They like it's sort of a it wasn't a safe pick. Right. And he's got some major upside. And so I guess that's good. You know, the Giants not going for – there's other things they could have done, I guess. That would have been worse. And I, I, like, I agree with you. It's like from what you hear, he's an exciting player, an exciting talent. You know, he also maybe sometimes drives around with like an <laughs> AR-15 in his car. So I guess that's fine. I don't know. You know, different parts of this country, people have different thresholds for when it's appropriate to have a machine gun in your car. And some people, <laughs> it's, that's – anytime and for others it's you know maybe never but i don't know so i don't know i don't want to judge maybe that's fine but that is a thing that happened that he was doing that so i don't know um again i don't hate the pick Uh, wouldn't have been my selection but it's i agree with you it's like how am i immediately are the giants gonna know how to use this guy like was this really the guy they were interested in like it sort of felt a little bit like they just took their second round pick because they traded back and then you know he'd never heard this name attached to them like um came totally out of nowhere so it's hard to just on a dime be like great move right i don't know right i don't know and by the way and look okay so we did get a bevy of picks that is nice. I like the trade back. They got a first rounder next year. Great move. I agree with that. Probably was the right thing to do. You're not taking fields. Like, good. Yeah. Okay. Right. But that's the key. And that's the thing is that I think this will get lost. I think that the Giants beat will not hold the Giants accountable for this. I feel like the fans are not going to hold the Giants accountable for this. But we can never forget we passed on Justin Fields. He was there. We could have taken right. him. And instead, we traded back, and yes, we got back picks, and, and, you know, we got a good deal, certainly, but we passed on, like, it's not as though, well, Fields isn't an option for us, because we're totally set. We do not know that we're set. That is, we don't know that we're set at quarterback. We're not Green Bay, we're not Tampa, we're not Seattle, we're not any of these teams that could say, we have a top-tier quarterback. So, and, and I feel really upset, obviously... You know, I have that Ohio State connection to Justin Fields. But now it's also that, you know, the Jets, I still think, and I know not a lot of people feel this way, but I do still think that the Jets rolled the dice a little bit with Zach Wilson. And I really was hoping that it could only be the Jets that passed on Justin Fields and that they would have to wear that scarlet letter 
but now we both did. Right. And it's that it's just I feel like people are thinking, well, we have Daniel Jones, so we're not going to pick Justin Fields. So obviously we traded back and we did the best thing for us. Eliminating the idea that maybe picking Justin Fields would have also been the best thing for us. Yeah, I hear you. And it's this annoying thing the Giants like all it, it's just this baked in thing. Like they wouldn't do that, so we won't even ask them about it because it's just a thing they won't do. It's like, well, maybe it's time to stop allowing that to ju- like as an answer that like that's not how the Giants operate. Well, maybe it's time to operate that way. Like how we're operating now is not working and hasn't for some time. And like, you know, I always go back to this, but the Giants, you know, on the one hand as a Giants fan, I'm very proud of the Giants history. And we have four Super Bowls since 1986, which puts us in the top, whatever, eight teams in the league. But again, our history is so, is in many ways so misleading. You know, we have two uh, I, I guess you could argue three miracle Super Bowl wins, right? Like three yeah. of them are really like only once were we actually the best team in the league. <laughs> yeah. You know, and three times, you know, it's arguable whether we were like a top five team in the league right. when we won the Super Bowl. And then the other time we made the Super Bowl was a total miracle where we did not actually have a good team. <laughs> we wound up in the And Super it Bowl. showed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we've we've been this really up and down franchise for the last whatever 30 years. And so but yet because of the four wins, we have this sort of mystique as though, you know, and we're just not the Steelers or the Packers or the Patriots, like we're not run that way. We have a lot of like hits and misses, you know? So if there's a team in the league that maybe needs to start really questioning how they do business, like it's the giants. Yeah. Oh, and it's long overdue. It is just long overdue. What? I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I could add much more because that's a hundred percent right. I mean, there, there has not been a giants way that's been consistently successful. Right. It's time to like retire that, that like, and, and give them the benefit of the doubt of like, well, that's not how the Giants operate. Well, the Giants operate is not like a well oiled machine. Right. You know? Like, it's a very, they make lots of poor choices. You know, and it's like, maybe just, maybe Daniel Jones will be great, and maybe Justin Fields won't be great, and we will never think about it. But it's a little like passing up, you know, if they, in the mid 90s, they had passed up on, you know, a great quarterback because they had Dave Brown, you know, I mean, (laughs) and you know, there's a lot of Daniel Jones, Dave Brown comparisons taking, we took over for legends, both Duke quarterbacks. So I don't know if that's why I'm just (laughs) thinking that, um, you know, actually while we're on the subject, because I remember I was thinking this earlier at the draft, I wanted to get into this with you. Like Daniel Jones is such an interesting guy where like in some respects, he is like he's very much like the modern quarterback you know because he can run he's got a big arm but he's fast and so like i was thinking to myself like one of the guys he kind of reminds you of and he's not as good but just like the skill set is like trevor lawrence you know what i mean like he he he's plays a very similar game he's just not as good so it's on the one hand, you give the giants this credit i guess for like drafting a guy who does sort of resemble a modern quarterback on the other hand i'm like <laughs> he, he didn't have a single 
good game last season. <laughs> yeah. Not like he went zero. an entire calendar year without like he had zero three hundred yard passing games in the year of our Lord twenty twenty right. in the NFL, which is almost impossible to do. Like I'm not sure we could have started Colt McCoy for fourteen games last year and had him have not not throw for three hundred yards a single time. Like Right. So, and it's not like we had Barkley healthy where it's like, well, you know, we're running the ball a lot more, you know, it's the offense is like it just Nothing. He stinks. No, it's just like all the excuses you could make about Case and Garrett and we didn't have all these great weapons, the offensive line and yada yada. But it's like not, not to go 0 for 14 in 300 yard games in the year 2020 in the NFL is like, how can I try? You know, and I, so even the thing like the skill set I see where I go, OK, I like this, I like that. And his rookie year, he had a bunch of good games where you could really hang your hat on and be like, OK, this is the reason to be excited about this guy. It's like, we are coming off a year where he did not have a single good game. So it, it, it's just like how excited to be, you know, I to think to your, the way you started this off, it's like the idea that we're all supposed to be like, what a draft here come the giants, you know, maybe, but like, come on. Right. No, probably not. And I, I just, I don't know. Did the draft make you, uh, think at all, like, kind of rethink how we approached last season and how it played out? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was a little, like, I, you know, I've got quarantine fatigue at this point and all that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trusting the science, obviously, and I'm just so tired of being locked up. But I just thought that the top 10 in this draft was awesome. Like, everybody that yeah. went into the top 10 was so good. And right. We weren't in – I mean, and, and we could have used any of those guys. Any right. any of the quarterbacks, receivers, corners, <laughs> offensive linemen – Offensive that, linemen. That were taken yeah. in the top ten would have been absolute needs on the Giants, and we were not in the top ten because we finished second in the NFC East, and we were god-awful. Right, because we beat Seattle one time. Right. We decided to look like a real team for a day. And just the most, yeah, I mean, I just think everything with the Giants, it's just so hard to say what they are. Like, right, last, there's things to take that were impressive about last year, I guess. And then when you, but then when you really assess it, it's like we went six and 10. Right. Um, and our offense was putrid. And our quarterback, who we're, all our hopes are pinned on, was horrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Even the Seattle game, you just said that was our marquee win of the season. He didn't play. Colt he McCoy won that game. Right. And and he was awful. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, I can, I, to the fans who are like optim and look, opt optimism costs you nothing. And I, and I think as we move closer, I'm going to get excited about the giants. Like I think Agreed. once Saquon Barkley's on the field and you know, you're hearing about Tony and they, he looks good and Galladay looks impressive and like, all these young offensive linemen are improving. And, and you know, we, like, I wanted to take an offensive lineman in the first round. I don't care that they didn't take one in the third and fourth round. Like, we've got those guys. You know, like, I, I, I didn't – I don't buy into that complaint about the Giants. Like, once they didn't take it in the first round, like, who cares? We've got yeah. Nate Solder coming back. We've got a bunch of third and fourth round offensive linemen. We did, we did sign a veteran from the Texans who's like – can step in. You know what I mean? We have those guys. Right, 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 right. What we needed was like a really good player on the offensive line. So yeah. once we didn't do that, that's fine. Yeah. 
but you know, we do we have some options there. So like, you know, I I get the optimistic story. And look, I love the second round pick, the edge guy out of Georgia. To the defense, like, you know, there's a lot to be excited about there. So I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I totally agree the way you teed this off of just this idea that like well, look at the Giants now. We're trading back. We're, you know, we've righted the ship. It's like, okay, let's see. Let's see. Right. And look, if you want to give an optimistic take or you want to be optimistic, like you said, costs you nothing, that's great. But to be like, to not understand why there are those of us out there that are not optimistic is like, what planet are you on? I mean, yeah, and I think your analogy is so right. Like, let me see the cases go down below 50,000 a day, and then I'll take my mask off. Let me see deaths. You know, I saw L.A. They had zero deaths multiple days in a row. Let me see a month of that. Right. And then I'll take my freaking mask off. Until then, yeah, I've been vaccinated, but whatever. I'm I'm hunkering down, not taking it off. Let me see results, and then I'll respond appropriately. Right. Brian, these optimistic Giants fans are just not following the science. The science. They're not following the science. The science yeah. has our record at six and ten. The science has like we're one right. of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. And until proven otherwise, I'm keeping my mask on. Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, to fully just bring bring these two issues together, a couple a couple things while we're on this topic is one about the mask thing specifically. There's no science on any of it right now. There's data. That's not science. There's been no like double-blind study on our school's safe. There's no science. So anyone who's like, oh, follow the science, we are following the science. The science is is still what we're following. But also, right, there's a difference between data and science. There's there's information that suggests certain safety or not, but there's no, like, definitive answer to the question. Yeah. Correct. And, uh... You know, like, I just think, too, we had – my daughter had a birthday party on Saturday. Your family was there. It was very, it was a lovely day. It was very nice. Uh, and we were all out in a park, which the CDC says is, is safe right now. And what you saw at this birthday party was everyone who arrived arrived fully masked. And yeah. then you get there, and it's like, oh, I'm going to drink something or eat something. So you pull the mask down around the chin. And then you've, you've had your mask on the chin for like an hour. And then you're just like, why am I even wearing this thing? And you take it off and you put it in your pocket and everyone's fine. But even that, like, to me just seems so normal where it's like, you know, I haven't left my house without a mask on in over a year. So, so part of it is just habit. And then yeah. I, now I got it on and then I'm going to pull it down to eat or drink something and I'm outdoors and I've been told it's safe. And then I start to feel safer and I take like that just to me seems like this natural progression. That's fine. So why are there mask shamers and why are they out so quickly into the recovery and what is their problem? And are they all giants fans? Because (laughs) like, I guess, you know, come September, I will be willing to have my mask at my chin on my chin (laughs) to have my giants mask at my my chin. Right. But I am not taking the ear loops off until I see Daniel Jones have a 300 yard game. Right, that's exactly right. Until he throws for 350 with three TDs, yeah, I'm ready to put it back on. <laughs> right, right. I need to be able to lift that up at a moment's notice. Right. <laughs> I, I do think one of the most encouraging things I've seen 
come out though is I do think that a lot of the the trade back stuff is getting attributed to Judge's influence. And I do still feel comfortable with Judge. I still feel that he has had Jason Garrett foisted upon him and Gettleman for that matter. But he is making the most of that situation, I do think. I agree with you. I, I would I attribute the process improvements to the Giants to Judge. Like the, uh, That's my sense, that a lot of the things where you get a feeling that there is the process improvements are his doing. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, but that's my sense. No. And let's, let's, let's expand on some things we don't know for sure, but we're also not idiots. Like, like, you know, it's like it was so inevitable. We were hiring Jason Garrett last year. We had no inside information, but of course we were hiring Jason Garrett like last year. Right. <laughs> but like, I, I do think, and again, this goes to the process of the giants where Joe judge is, I think doing a great job. I really like him. I think that he is the hope of the organization at this point. But I also think that the process of us getting to Joe Judge was that he's from the Belichick tree. Belichick used to work for the Giants. Therefore, we must trust Belichick. Therefore, we must hire Joe Judge. And I still, that's so flawed. Just don't do it that way. Like, it might work out for us, and that's great. But then we still have not fixed the problem. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, look, you could do worse than trusting Bill Belichick, but on anything regarding football, but I know what True. you mean. We don't need a connection to, the, to they're, they're, you don't need, every time we hire a head coach, there doesn't need to be some kind of Giants connection. Right. Anytime we hire an assistant, he doesn't need to have been, you know, Kent Graham's backup or whatever. Right. <laughs> whatever the situation may be, we can just hire smart people who are doing good work in football. Yeah, the Giants love the, I don't know, the word's not nepotism, right? Because it's not necessarily familial, but what is the word? Is there a word for that? You're a words guy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah they, they, it was like they need to be Giants people somehow. Like somehow they have to be some tie to the organization. Right, but then that's the most infuriating thing too, because they need to be Giants people. But then I don't understand why my view of who is a Giants person is so different, wildly different from the owner's view of it. Like, I mean, Jason, I don't care who you are. Jason Garrett is not a Giants person. Like, yeah, you, no one gets to tell me that he is. Right. He is a cowboy. He's a Dallas right. cowboy. <laughs> yeah. He's a redheaded cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Perfect. Fine thing to be. False. Redheaded. That is not cowboy. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. RFB is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax-deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. So all in all, Brian, who who was your favorite pick of the draft for the Giants? Favorite guy? I, you know, I really don't know. I don't. I don't know. That could the draft picks well enough. I guess the the edge guy, right? Sounds yeah. like he was. He could have been a first round pick. 
like it sounds like if we took him at 11, people would have been like, oh, good pick. So to get him in the second round, I guess it's like some arthritis thing. Um, but it was a huge need, good player, good value, all that stuff. Did so you hear what, to be... what Gettleman said, by the way, about the knee thing on that guy? No. Said that was news to him. <laughs> and that's another instance where it's just like, wait, for real? Or are you just right, being a dick just again? Being a weirdo, yeah. yeah. Just trolling everybody or like you that's you literally have not, not heard <laughs> right, that? Right. Because <laughs> it's the reason he was there. Right. <laughs> Right, were you just sitting there like, whoa. Whoa, I can't believe this guy's still here. <laughs> Who are you most disappointed we didn't get? Um, I, You know, I guess the answer, it's like, it would have been cool to get one of those Alabama receivers. I'm most disappointed that I would have liked a first-round offensive lineman. I think I've said it a few times, like, I just want to be good on the offensive line. Like to me, every team that's good has a good offensive line. And it you know, you got Saquon there. Like to get the most out of him, you need a good offensive line. You know, I just hate all the question marks there of like we got Solder coming back and Lemieux and Will Hernandez and are any of these guys good and right. oh pert 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 or whatever. And how good is Andrew Thomas? Like just the amount of question marks we have on the offensive line. Right. This many years after we've had a bad offensive line now forever. I mean, just going back to Eric Flowers and all the rest of them, like yeah. ever since Will Beatty got hurt, <laughs> that, that derailed our whole plan there. It just seems like we've never been able to like recover from, from him being hurt, Flowers being a bust. It's just been a scramble forever. So I would have loved to just solve that problem. Did you care who? Which did you want the Northwestern kid, or there was some guard that was supposed to be really good? Either of those, like I, if the Giants drafted, like I, this is a weird year where like a first round guard, I would have been like fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, the guy the Jets got, I would have been like sure, good, right? Like, just get a really good guard. Um, I feel like we got a good center or left tackles coming along, like that would have been fine. But you know, I'm not gonna kill him for it. But th- that would have been nice. Yeah, I totally agree. Although I guess I also was like kind of getting caught up. I mean, God, it's like John Gruden had this disease and I feel like it's spread to everyone else who does like draft TV. But like, I mean, it's like every pick, the the, They're all pros. pro. I I know. Every guy has got like limitless upside. And yeah, it's so true. Right. And it is funny. I did hear somebody like kind of justified that by saying like, you know, they're still technically college kids. They're just getting drafted. You know, you don't want to kill them. And it's like, but so you're ready to kill them in 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 four months. Also, like, it's like the whole point of the show is like, who's good, who's not. Like, you know, right. I mean, everybody can't be good. <laughs> right. In fact, most of them are not. There's like right. a f- there's like six guys who are worth a shit in the whole proceedings. Right. So, like. <laughs> Oh, another thing I wanted to bring up about the coverage that I found funny. There were multiple players drafted where in their, like, post-pick interview, we were told, at the audience, we were told that it had been their dream since they were eight years old. And it's like, they're 20. <laughs> like, that's that hasn't been a very long time. Like, I, you know, because, you know, I just turned 40, you turned 40 not too long ago, but, like... <laughs> like 12 years 12 years ago i was i was 28 like that's not a long time to have a dream is what i'm saying like they've been dreaming like if i had gotten something today that i've been dreaming of since i was eight years old 
that would be like, man, what a wait. Right. But right. like every eight year old wants something that they probably get around <laughs> age twenty, like I, I just thought that was a hilarious way to frame it. Like he's been waiting since he was eight years old. And now his twenty first birthday. Right. Like, he gets that thing. Right. right. Also every one of them's gonna have that they all have the same dream. They're in the NFL for God's sakes. Right. Right. All right, anything else on the draft, Brian? No, the hell with the draft. Yeah, (laughs) hell with the draft and hell with the Giants. We'll see you in September and do something, for God's sake. Uh, But the Knicks, our salvation. Uh, The sweet Knicks. The sweet, sweet Knicks. Thank you. Thank Thank goodness for that. Uh, Big win last night in Memphis. A big win, I think. Oh, huge. Yeah. Had Had to have it. Good team on the road. And just won the game. It wasn't like, you know, just won the game. Like, of course, Memphis made a little push at the end. They kind of made it interesting, but they didn't. They didn't didn't even get take a lead back or anything like that. And then, so, you know, they made a little run, but we stopped them very well, and they unraveled. Yeah, (laughs) they did just fall apart. (laughs) Coach and John Morant got ejected. Ejected, yeah, they just, they lost it. Yeah. yeah, could not handle it. No, you're right, and also like to have they had this the nine win the nine game winning streak snapped. Great, they've just responded with three dominant wins in, yep. in the, and now they're teeing up this stretch where like, hey, we're gonna find out like how good are we? Yeah, what are we talking? You know, the Knicks have like one they they've had a great defense all year, defense sagged ever so slightly, and now they have the best offense <laughs> in the NBA <laughs> over the last month. Right. Um. They've just been incredible. Like three-point shooting, which looked in the beginning of the year like is going to be the Achilles heel, has been a revelation. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league at this point. Um, Derrick Rose is like reborn. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, I don't know what Derrick Rose. I just have like – did Derrick Rose like – (laughs) he's made some kind of elaborate deal with the devil. Like I just see him in a – I don't know. Yeah, like how do sacrificing you sacrificing ex- a live body? To- <laughs> how do you explain his resurgence? I don't know. Like, I really think he's maybe now a vampire, and he <laughs> drank the blood of a sacred virgin. I don't know, but he's like playing unbelievable, unbelievable, and it keeps it's it it keeps going. Like you thought, well, a lot of these guys I thought were maybe just got hot for a while. And then, you know, they're bound to regress to the mean or whatever. But he hasn't. Bullock hasn't. You know, even I thought last night Burks looked a lot better in his return than I kind of expected him to in his first time out. Yeah, you're right. He came back seamless. Um, Everybody's just been so good. I mean, and now you've got this stretch where it's like, okay, we're going to play the Nuggets, the Suns, the Lakers, or Clippers, and the Lakers in a row for the best teams in the West. Like, how good are we? Let's find out, you know, like, uh, you know, it's this brutal, like a brutal stretch here to end where like they, we should, if we had any normal remaining seven games, like we'd be, I I think we'd be a lock for this sixth spot. The only reason it's not like a total shoe in is because it's just this really tough stretch. Yeah. Um, 
but we're going to get to learn like what what are we talking about here <laughs> what when we go into those playoffs are we lively or is this a nice story or are we i mean not that we're going to make it through the east but like you know we could be dangerous no we're very da- i mean every team is nervous right now any team that's going to have to play us they are nervous right now what so uh, for the four game stretch you're just referring to, we have more than four games left in the season, but this is, you know, this is the main event. This is the big enchilada. We got, like you yeah. said, Denver, Phoenix, and both LA teams. What what are you predicting is our record through those four games? Well, okay, what's that? What do you think that? What do you think we'll do? I you know, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to go two and two. Um you know, if they ever went like three and one. You know, I mean, my God. <laughs> okay, so let's say they go three and one. What's the path there? Who do you think is the loss? Uh, maybe Phoenix again. I mean, look, we played them really tough. We had them on the ropes the first time we played them. Yeah. Um, we played the Clippers tough earlier in the year, too, and I felt like they just outlasted us. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, you know, it's tough to say because LeBron kind of tweaked his ankle again and looks like – he might not play in that game. Um, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I guess if, if I had to predict, like, the wins would be Lakers and the Nuggets, and then we'd lose the, the other two. Um, seems realistic. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. I The Nuggets scare me a little. That's probably why we kept Noel out last night, you'd think, right? So that he was just fresh for Jokic, and we have just these bodies to throw at him. Um, but, I mean, Denver's really scary, too. I feel like the Lakers are the, the, the game I feel the most comfortable with. If, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, they've been playing really bad. Yeah. Uh, if we went if LeBron one and, doesn't play. If we went one and three and only beat the Lakers, how would you feel at the end of that stretch? I guess it depends how the games went. Like I won't, yeah. I won't panic or be upset. That'd be a little disappointing, I suppose. Um, I don't know. You know, it is so interesting. Like the stakes just get a getting getting raised. You know, it's I like know. every win, you're like, man, how? I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> like, are we gonna be in a second round playing Brooklyn and like Brooklyn's scared to death? You know, or or yes. like, um, is this still a little bit? You know, we, we, you know, we've had a favorable stretch here. Like, I think, you know, we, the schedule definitely in this, we've really played well. Like, as you know, I think we had a lot of home games. We had some, a lot of winnable games, um, but we beat some good teams and then we've just dominated other teams that we should beat. So we've definitely like played really well. Um, I don't know. I mean, everything's going right for the Knicks right now. Like. No, and you're and you're so right because I think one of the things that this is sort of like what I went through last night. Like going into that game, I was thinking this is a huge game. We really kind of got to have this one. God, I'll be so sad if we don't win this one. And then we win it, and on the other end of it, I'm like, you know, I'm still happy about it. But then it is like you do you get to this point where it's like a drug, and now you need more and more and more to get high, and like, you know, now the Memphis hit is just not enough. It's not enough dopamine. Yeah. I, I need more, <laughs> you know? 
And that's a scary place to be because it's also not a healthy place to be because I just also don't want to get into that avalanche of like, what are we doing? Or, you know, uh, like, I think we feel like we've just gotten to a place too where like almost every player is kind of universally loved. Like even people are just like grudgingly respecting L3 Payton at this point. Yeah. And I don't want to go back to the era where we're just like fighting about guys anymore. Like I just want to love this team. And that's what I feel is on the line in this in these games. Right, it's just true. the deep love that we've established for almost everybody, even Obi. Yeah, Obi's played great. <laughs> yeah. I guess, too, like, it's like all the um, infighting has ceased through this run, right? Like, no right. one's just quickly he's playing the right amount. He's playing a lot. He's been a big, huge factor. You know, he's sitting Alfred when it's uh, the right time. Um you know, and I think if we start losing again, that will de- that will be that that is not going away. You know, and like that right. in the playoffs is not going to go away. Like how that situation is handled. Um, you know, I don't know. It's such an interesting basketball. So funny, right? Like you think back in back in the day when like the Spurs used to bring Ginobili off the bench. You know, and even though he was like a starter. And he played starter minutes and he finished every game. But just something about that helped them theoretically. Like, I wonder what the on-off splits and all that. Like, were there Spurs fans back in the day who were like, well, you just start the guy. Like, what is that? You know, I don't know. Like, Right. But there is, like, it, there seems to be something to, like, even though Alfred's playing the least of the point guards, like, some method to the madness of him playing his 15 minutes and then quickly and Rose coming in. I, You know. Um, but Burks is going to complicate that a little bit. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I know what you mean. It's like this era of good feelings. I just don't want it to come to a, a, a screeching halt when it doesn't really have to. Just because we lose to some really great teams like doesn't you know invalidate what we just went through. Correct. Correct. So how do we prevent it, Brian? I think that's what we need to do. We need to use our platform. <laughs> uh, we need to, to use our platform to take up the cause of keeping the good times rolling. Right. You know? You know, you're going to have to see how it plays out. What it, who, you know, is it like, are these Peyton minutes? Do they blow it? I don't know. You know, I, I don't want to go back there either, but I also don't want to see Alfred Peyton be allowed to just like sabotage. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, have we I reached? Don't know. Just, are we in yeah. a place where we don't have to talk about Kevin Knox anymore. Yes, okay. absolutely. Anybody right. who brings up the name Kevin Knox, you should slap them in the face. Like, <laughs> why? Why would you bring up Kevin Knox? Like, who should he play for? One, he even got in there the other day for like five minutes, and he was terrible. He was awful. <laughs> <laughs> he was so bad. Like, why would you bring, like, there's no reason to bring, like, we're way beyond Kevin Knox. We're way too good to experiment with Kevin Knox. Like, okay. I have not given up on Kevin Knox as an idea. Like, I would like to see Kevin Knox take the summer, you know, train with Julius Randle to come back next year. I want to hear in preseason, Kevin Knox is in great shape. You know who's been great in the, in the practices? Kevin Knox. Like, I'd love to that happen and hear all that. There's no way. You're putting him into, like, meaningful <laughs> minutes on this team right now. Like, for who? Right. Okay. All right. Okay. I think I can weather an, another Elfried Payton storm 
provided there's no knocks involved. Right. No knocks. Okay. <laughs> I will sit like the guy and I, and I'm not going to bring up Frank either. Although <laughs> I I think I think there is an argument that Frank could help this team. And like you know, I could imagine um a world where Alfred Payton no longer plays. Derrick Rose is the starting point guard. Quickly is the backup point guard with Frank, and Alfred Payton no longer plays. I, and I think there's a world, a scenario where that team is the best version of our current roster. Now, I'm not going to loudly scream and yell about that um, because I ultimately Tibbs has done such a great job, and I agree with you. Like, I'm not gonna like he. I think look, he's not playing him. You know, like right. He hasn't earned the right to play. So it, I may disagree with Tom Thibodeau on that, but he certainly earned the right to do it that way. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, Frank, and Frank hasn't played well enough to like be pissed about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I may think that's true, but like, you know, I'm not going to bring it up. Yeah. I mean, I guess ultimately is like, we have now played well enough that, People just don't have to wonder what else is out there. Like, the world we live in is is beautiful. The world the Knicks live in is just we don't we don't need anything else. I mean, and it's just funny too, because so much of it, definitely with Frank, is I I loved this guy four years ago, and I just can't give it up because I need to be right that that he was yeah. great, and that that's a, good. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of it with Frank. The Knox stuff, I I don't even get. I mean, he stinks. Well, I, I, he's a talented guy, man. I mean, he's twenty one years old. He's like six nine. He can shoot three pointers. He can handle the ball. There's just not that many Kevin Knox. Like his most issues seem to be, you know, awareness and intensity and like so like the pro the promise of him. I do get where people like see a real talent there. Like you don't see that. No, I mean, I, I do. I understand what the argument is, but it also feels like the areas where he's lacking are not necessarily that trainable. Like they're internal jobs. Right. But like, yeah, I mean, you're just, but you're waiting for him. If he could ever, I don't know, put it all together. Like he's got the physical tools. So but I mean, I totally agree with you. Kevin Knox is like not a topic of conversation. Like the okay. idea he's going to be put in these games in critical minutes is ridiculous. All right, I, <laughs> I can like I said, if I don't have to hear about Knox anymore, I can deal with whatever barrage of Peytonness comes the Knicks way. Right. Uh, but I, I respect Peyton because his his job sucks. I respect him too. I mean, he makes and he does make some key buckets, and I get what. He fits what Tibbs would like. Tibbs probably just wishes he was good because he's like, right. You know, he, he kind of plays the way he wishes that he likes his point guards to play. And he's just like, and he's a decent defensive player, but he's just not good enough. Although, you know, he's been like shooting. Okay. From three point, you know, he's been all right. Yeah. What he's do we, right. what do we make of the, uh, the Dame Lillard uh, rumors now at this point? I don't know. It's too far away to think about it, you know, like, yeah, sounds like there's some smoke there. 
like, look, I think if he's if he says he wants to leave, he's going to want to come to us. Like, I I think yeah. we could be in a great position, um, but we'll see. So- I don't know. I don't want to think about it yet. You know, and it's like because then you start getting, you know, we have to give up quickly, or you know, it's like I don't want to give up anybody. That's true. I, I don't either. Hand him over just and assign him to us. Right. <laughs> exactly. Or just take whatever picks. Just only picks. Because yeah, picks and Obi or something, and like right, right. But I do think though, like I don't know. I I, I mean, I want Dame Lillard. I, he's a gr- he's a good player. I know he's a good player. I know he's an excellent shooter. I think. I mean, if he was a Nick, I know I'd love him. I think. Yeah. I think I like him, but I also don't like him because I don't like how deified he seems to be. On social media, like the Tommy D tweet that you got that you sent us, where he he would never request a trade out of Portland because he's too good a guy, but he would just go into the owner's office, presumably not speak, just <laughs> sit down. The owners would then have to intuit that he wanted a trade to the Knicks because he's so amazing. They would grant him that trade to the Knicks, but the result of that trade would be the destruction of the Portland Trailblazers and the city of Portland. (laughs) (laughs) I think the idea is he's not going to like pull a James Harden and get overweight and show up like two weeks late and go into a club and during COVID times and make a, you know, like, I just think he's going to go in and be like, Hey, it's time. Like, can you, I want to go to the Knicks. Like, which look, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's he should. I think he's made a mistake by sort of painting himself into this corner of like, I'm above that. Right. And yes. Now he can't. He can't get out of it. Like, uh, he'd be awesome, man. He, we would love him. Of he'd course. Be so cool. <laughs> he'd be great to get, and like, he's exactly what we need. He would be like, I mean, he would put us right into the. Con- you know, we'd be a contender. Um. So it's it's definitely tantalizing to think about, but you know, let's let's we'll deal with that in the off season. Right, we'll deal with that in the off season. I was just let's more... win the let's win it all this year, <laughs> and then we'll see what we need next year. Right, then maybe we don't even need him for the repeat. I mean, it, I just thought it was funny. I, I again, like even at this year's trade deadline, I didn't even really want to talk a whole lot about it until after the dead the deadline because it's just like whatever. It's all theoretical. But I did just find some of the takes on him to be just really funny. It's just like, well, I mean, his character is unassailable, so he's not going to do anything untoward. He should be granted whatever he wants because he's such a high character individual. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And, and the whole destruct. I mean, hasn't Portland like kind of literally been under siege or like at least had like mass protests for the entire year? But but the trading of Dave Lillard would be the end of the city as we know it. Yeah, no, and I mean like you know, these NBA franchises are important to cities. Like it's good for their finances. It's not like the whole economy is teetering on the edge of like if the Portland Trailblazers leave town, like the city of Portland, Oregon will cease to exist and there will just be like you know, mass murder and <laughs> Right. If that were true, <laughs> how would they survive the off season? Right. It's ridiculous. You know, like I know Cleveland, you know, LeBron brought a lot of economic activity to that city, but like, you know 
they don't crater when these guys leave town, you know. <laughs> well, Cleveland has all get up and go. Cleveland has the flats, Brian. I don't know if you know what the flats are, but Cleveland has the flats. So I don't know what the flats are. The flats it's like a cool thing. It's it's like it's one block on the disgusting Lake Erie of of bars. It's like Broadway. <laughs> like right, like no, like one block of Broadway. It's like it's like Sono basically. <laughs> like South Norwalk. That's what the flats are. And everyone when I was at Ohio State, oh, let's go to Cleveland. We can go to the flats. Like, okay, what's the what's the flat that's what's the flats? Like No, it's so great. It's like it'll make you think of New York. Did not. Did not make me think of New York. <laughs> didn't, remind, didn't remind me of home. <laughs> um but uh yeah so uh uh, you know thank god thank god for the knicks i stopped i guess the yankees started doing well i just was like you know what i'm not canyon who cares i'm just gonna turn it around yeah you know we kind of started off the first time we talked about the yankees we were like stop freaking out they'll be fine then there was that we 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 dabbled in like are they bad and no of course no. not. They're, they're back to 500. Their run differential is like plus 15. They're well on their way to being a really good team. The Mets have been weirdly depressing. Like, I'm still not freaking out with them yet because I think their offense will come around. Like, they can't be this bad. But, like, it's it's like they've been depressing in this way where you're like, is it just like – is it a curse? Is it just right. like something – you know what I mean? Is, is there it no me? escape? Right. <laughs> 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 Like if you, if if you didn't know that they had had this like change in ownership and like you, you, they look like the Mets like Edwin Diaz stinks they can't hit at all Lindor has been a disaster it's like oh great now <laughs> is this ten years we're locked into this terrible <laughs> player I, you know so like it, is it us is it just the uniform the uh, Queens is it something about the air out there like could be. I don't know, but like I'm not freaking out. It's like it's April, and they're well. The d- divisions hasn't been as good as everybody thought, so they're like perfectly. They're fine, you know. I-, I think they'll turn it around, but like they've been brutal to watch too. I mean, God, like when you can't hit, man. Baseball is just yeah. Oh, right. It's no fun. Hit. <laughs> so baseball's got to do something. I mean, like. This whole thing, man, like, no, you know, like Jason Stark had a stat in the month of April. There was a thousand more strikeouts than hits. Oh, my God. A thousand. Yes. That Nobody's sounds made up. Hits. Yeah. <laughs> How did they allow that to happen? You know, like nobody's getting hits. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. The that's the game. The only entertaining thing that happens in a baseball game is not occurring. It's <laughs> <laughs> an emergency situation. Like nobody's hitting and there's no running or hitting happening during baseball games. So there's a lot of striking out <laughs> <laughs> and fielding. Fielding. And every once in a while, somebody hits a solo homer. Jesus. Yeah, baseball really can't get out of its own way. It's sad. Yeah, I don't know what. I mean, it seems like the pitching is the problem. Like everybody throws a hundred miles an hour now, and like it's just become impossible to hit the ball. Right. Well, and too, so you I, have this you know, like reliever system where you have like 
you know, righties and lefties and guys coming in and he had seventh inning guys, eighth inning guys, closers. Like, so you have fresh bodies with big arms just coming, coming at you in waves. Yeah. Everybody throws a hundred miles an hour. Um, uh, yeah, they're all like, they're saying they, 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 they kind of like got too lax with sticky stuff. So the pitchers have this, like they're getting ridiculous movement on the ball. Um, so maybe that's going to be our next, you know, I th- it seems like there's talk about moving the pitching mound. Like they do have to do something. Cause it's been, I mean, I, or maybe I just need to root for a different team that doesn't stink. <laughs> that can get hits, but I've had trouble watching games and getting into it. It's just like nothing is happening out there. Now, do you think that Steve Cohen's Twitter presence has helped hurt or had no effect on the Mets performance? I don't think it's had any effect, but I'm so over it. Like I'm so over it. Yeah. <clears throat> People who like, who are like, eh, it's cool that our owner tweets. It's like, just, I just shut up forever. Just sign the checks. Right. And I don't care. I don't want to hear from you. Right. So unimpressed with him and his tweets and his general attitude. <laughs> I know. Right. Don't it- ever think for a second, Steve Cohen, that anyone likes you. Okay. <laughs> you are a means to an end. Okay. No one is invested in you. No one is a fan of yours. Just sign the ball players and serve me the hot dogs and shut the hell up. <laughs> That is so true. It does. There, there is something about Steve Cohen that has this feel of like, uh, like, aren't we all excited that I own the team now? Right. Like, no. Who cares? No. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> You're horrible. You're an awful person. I have no respect for you. But you have a ton of money. Make my team good, or else I'll right. throw peanuts at you. <laughs> right and it's not it's also it hasn't been like like aren't we all excited because this is really us like i'm i know i'm the guy the name but like we are all it's like no aren't we all excited i am the owner <laughs> like right. that seems what it's like no no right. one likes good you. for you and I'm like sure you're thrilled to be owning it like you should feel nothing but pressure and angst <laughs> right right absolutely All right, that wraps up the radio portion of the show, everybody. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Follow us on social, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org.